0: From the Mitchell Center to Coleman Coliseum, the Bartow and Trojan Arenas. From Veterans Memorial Stadium to Legion Field to Hancock-Whitney Stadium. With a combined 75 years of experience in the sports radio world, these guys have spent their professional lives roaming the stadiums and arenas that host your favorite teams. And now they invite you to join them Inside the Press Box red, red. Get ready for Chris Stewart throws it out, Norris left alone, corner three, five red, smoking, hot J.D. Byers three-step drop, steps up, looks, swatted down, set! Down he goes! Mike Grace Curveball right back up the middle They'll wave out and around, third base slides in and the dogs have won it. And the broadcasters, journalists, coaches, and game changers making today's news. They're all here, inside the Press Box.
1: Welcome to the Press Box Podcast. For my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Myers, I'm Mike Grace. What you're about to hear is just a slice of our PressBox radio show, heard on great stations across Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. The show is our way of sharing with you the access we enjoy to a group of friends and colleagues who, like us, have the honor of working with and around the teams and the sports we all love. Today, two guests inside the Press Box with us is Dr. Darren White, Executive Director of the Center for Sports Analytics at Sanford University's Brock School of Business, joins us along with one of his students, Samuel Leonard, a senior sports analytics and finance major. He recently conducted a research paper addressing the question, does RPI give an unfair advantage to Power 5 conferences in college baseball? You know how myself, J.D., Chris, we all love college baseball, so we had to have these guys on. To talk about it, we started with where the idea to do this research came from, and Dr. Darren White explains it to us inside the press box.
2: It started actually two years ago when uh, Sanford's baseball team had an incredible year. Yep. yep. Uh, I don't know if you might remember that, Mike, but we just had an amazing year, uh, but got upset in the conference championship game, yep. and we were then shocked that we didn't actually get an at-large bid into the tournament. Nobody, everybody was completely you know, shocked at that. And so uh, Casey casey dunn came to me i don't know a month or two later and uh we, we grabbed we were having breakfast uh, over in homewood at uh uh you know the, that spot where everybody eats yeah, oh, yeah. To, what's the name of that place salem's
0: it's,
1: uh, it's Salem. salem's. <laughs> salem's
2: and uh yeah. and so casey's like i don't know but something's wrong with this something's wrong yeah so, <laughs> he's like you need to use your statistical magic and, and figure out what's going on here and yeah. so uh so we uh, we tackled that project, and I got Samuel. Samuel's a big baseball guy. He actually worked with the baseball team at Sanford for a while, and uh, wants to go into sports analytics. And so I said, Samuel, let's let's dig into this thing. And so we spent year year and a half kind of digging into a lot of data. Yeah. And so I'll let, I'll let Samuel take it from there because he's he's the mat he's the one that really did all the work.
3: All right, Samuel. So talk to us about the the data that you use for this. Yes, sir. So I had originally met with an individual who does a lot of work for the SEC uh, on different data, uh, anything related to college baseball. And so he gave me a lot of raw data, but ended up not being very effective because I didn't have the correct programs to uh, break down the data and to understand it very well. So I ended up just using a website called Warren Nolan. I don't know if you've heard of yeah, this. Website. Oh yeah. We talk about it all um, the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, it had basically everything that I needed. It had everything from RPI breakdown to exact schedules, uh, home away, non-conference winning percentages, home winning percent, just about everything I needed. And so that's basically where I got all my information from. And I just went back the past five or six years is where I got most of my information and just, Analyzed it from that website, and that's that's where I did all my work.
1: Well, quickly, I know Um, the guys will have a number of questions to follow up, but just tell us, describe your findings for you. You found two pretty significant problems, yes, sir, uh,
3: in in the current RPI formula. How about those? So there, the the two issues that I had noticed whenever we were running through this was one of them is that from our understanding is that road wins are being weighted too heavily for the team on the road. And one of our indicators is that why we think this is the case is each of the Power Five conferences, as well as the SOCON, had a home winning percentage between 50 to 60 percent. And road winning percentages would be the opposite. They'd be around 40 percent. And the home winning percentages are much lower than they are in basketball, college basketball, which are, are about 10 points higher. it it meant that more teams are winning on the road than they are in college basketball. And so they're getting, it's more like they're, they're getting more credit for winning on the road when it's easier to win on the road in college baseball. Um, So that would, that was one of the things that we found. Um, Hey hey, Samuel, can I jump in right there? Sure. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, and
2: and to that point, your teams, what we found was that teams up North, particularly power five teams up North, play a whole lot more road games because, you know, it, it's cold in the beginning of the season. And so they play a lot more road games just they have to. And and that's giving teams that play on the road kind of more credit for those road wins than they probably should be getting. And it's putting, again, teams in the south, particularly smaller teams and majors that don't have the resources to travel as much, kind of at a disadvantage. And so that was – that's sort of the – I think the, the back story behind all that.
4: Uh-huh. Can I squeeze in a quick question just sure. as we go forward and not to interrupt but keep going? What was, in academic studies like this, sample size, what was the sample size as far as scope of time, how far back, and what were the, the years that you studied?
3: Uh, I went all the way back to 2013. Um, so it was 2019 to 2013 is, was the, the time frame, Because um, that was when they changed the RPI model. Because it used wow. to be where home and road wins were weighted the exact same. And at, at that point, it, barely any northern teams were getting into the tournament. Um, through the at-large bids because of the RPI model, and then they changed it to a different system, and then I, I analyzed it from that change until now.
2: Darren, you first reached out to me probably about four years ago, and we were supposed to get together, and then I kept going in the hospital, and that kind of messed up all my plans, golf and, <laughs> and visiting people like yourself. But it, this has this has truly grown into a major deal. I know Alabama basketball. Yeah. Is, is extremely numbers oriented. You know, all this run and gun that people talk about and shooting the threes and and all that. I mean, it's based on numbers and hard facts. How much, how much are you seeing your coaches beyond Casey, as you've already talked about, but your coaches on campus and other campuses reaching out to you to learn more about what you do, how you do it, and how they can incorporate it onto. Uh, or into their programs for their respective sports? Yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, uh, we're getting a ton of that. We have, so we have students like Samuel that are currently embedded into almost every team on our campus doing analytics for the coach, you know, helping the coaches. Uh, we have students over at UAB uh, working with UAB athletics. We've got students working with our professional soccer team here in Birmingham. We've already talked to the new G League team that's coming. Uh, we'll have students working there. We're talking with the Barons. And so, uh, we had we placed a student about three weeks ago. He graduated, he's now working with the Tampa Bay Rays organization doing analytics. So it's uh, it is just an exploding field. And of course it all started with Moneyball, you know, back 20, 25 years ago and Billy Bean in the sport sure. of baseball, but it's now spread across all the sports, across the entire globe, honestly. And it's uh, it's become a major, major opportunity for people that are mathematically gifted, uh, like Samuel to find a role in the world of sports and really be able to help. And, and, again, I think one of the greatest examples of that is right there in Tuscaloosa with Nate Oates, who's got a math background, and it's just remarkable what he's been able to accomplish in, in such a short amount of time using really heavy-duty analytics to drive their strategy, you know, day in, day out.
4: What you did here, uh, Samuel and, yes, and Dr. White, was this, on an academic side, a entire class independent project? Uh, was it just something you wanted to do on the side? Is it something that's, uh, uh, you know, ac- academia says published or will it be, or where does that stand? And, and t- did you get like a, a, an A in about 20 credit hours for it? <laughs> so it, 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 it was it, trying to help
3: you. I was able to use it as an internship that I, that I needed for one of my programs. So it wasn't oh. like I just did it and got yeah. nothing out of it, but also like I've gotten so much experience and, uh, being able to publish my article and get a lot of traction from that, that even if I didn't get any class credit, I, I would do it again. So
1: I know the article's only been out a couple of weeks. Um, is there How do we get this information to the, to the NCAA? And if, if you had the opportunity, Samuel, what would your, what would your recommendation be? How do we fix the current RPI model? Well, it, and that and that's where
3: the, the, I haven't figured it out yet because th- there's a couple of things that I'm speculating that we could fix. I don't know if it's actually going to work. For one thing, you could right now, the way that the RPI equation is set up, it, it calculates your uh, RPI based off of your winning percentage, your opponent's winning percentage, and your opponent's opponents. And your, your opponent's winning percentage is weighted the most at 50%, and the other two are 25 And so one thought that I had would be maybe weighting them all equally instead of having that one be so much bigger than the others. I don't know if that would fix it. I haven't been able to run the numbers yet, Um, but that's one thought that I had. And then the other thought that we had, this was the thought we had originally would be changing the values assigned to um, each of the road wins and the home wins and stuff like that. Cause right now they're, they're, they're at a 1.3 and a 0.7, which basically if you win on the road you'll be getting 1.3 and if you lose on the road you'll be it'll be a, have a negative effect of 0.7 and so we had run numbers of changing that to like a 1.2.8 or so it it makes the road wins less so like losing at home doesn't hurt as much and winning on the road isn't as doesn't help you as much as it normally does because winning on the road is a little bit easier in baseball than it is in for say basketball so those are the kind of two things that we had looked at whether it's going to fix it, we don't actually know. It, it needs a lot more numbers run to kind of determine that.
1: Uh, does Sit.
4: it? I want to just right there. I'm sorry to, to jump in. Okay. You, yes, sir. You, sometimes how it could play on a financial side and impact that if that's where you kind mm-hmm. of narrow the gap, so to speak, and you have a team like an LSU or an Ole Miss who buys as many games yep. at home, especially non-conferences, they can, yep. uh, and rarely won't travel. Period. Uh, yep. yeah. You know, South Alabama, we get Auburn, Alabama, Mississippi State, they come here. LSU will not come. Ole Miss will not even play at all home mm-hmm. or away. And I'm not saying anything uh, is weird there. No, you? you're but, not saying anything.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> but if you buy all your home games, yeah. does that throw any kind of wrench in there per, um, you know, you, you bring in either a, Cupcake, or you bring in a high RPI because a good yeah. team. Southeastern Louisiana is having a great game mm-hmm. all, a great season, uh just before conference play, and you get them come to your place and you beat them by two runs, and it's not worth as much or something.
3: Yeah. Well, we actually that that was one of our big things that we noticed was if you compare the SEC and the SoCon, their non-conference winning percentages, the SECs was twenty points higher than the SoCons, which meant that whenever they're not playing in the SEC. They're being able to use those resources to go and get easier teams. And so it it boosts their records. And And so, whenever they. Yes, sir. It brings it to them. And so, and then they'll they'll beat them. And so, whenever they play each other, they have these boosted records because they've been able to play easier teams. And so, that 50% opponent winning percentage just takes their RPI like through the roof. So, that was one of our biggest things that we saw.
2: Yes. So, back in 2019, for example, you know, the Sanford team. Again, they, they have to play – half their games have to be in conference. Well, the, the overall conference winning percentage is much, much lower than if you're playing in the Big Ten or the Big 12. And so, therefore, every single time you play a game in conference, you're going to get more points just because of that mere fact, which, again, at the end of the year, that's why you'll end up seeing a conference might get – I mean, there was literally – a there was a team that had a losing record that got into the national tournament in 2019 out of a Power 5 conference where Sanford did not, yep. and, and it was – if you you know, and, and a lot of it was because the in conference winning percentage was so much higher in that particular conference as compared to the SoCon, mm-hmm. and so it's uh. And of course, you guys know that Coastal Carolina won the World Series a few years ago, so yeah. it's uh. It's not like the mid majors can't compete at the highest level. I mean, they can. so Samuel, uh,
1: are you embedded with the with or working with with Casey Dunn and his
3: squad this season? I'm not at the moment. Yes, yeah. no, sir. Yeah. I I stopped at, once COVID hit. Yeah. I When the season stopped, yeah. I kind of stopped with it. So. so what do you want to do when you leave Sanford? Uh, well, I'm hoping to do, do this for a professional organization, preferably the Red Sox because I'm a huge Red Sox ah, fan. But, Sox but now, that yeah. requires moving to Massachusetts, so that's kind of a lot. But
2: Have you talked to them about moving to Birmingham? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah. I, I wish.
1: <laughs>
4: okay, I was just checking. <laughs> this is weird we're having this discussion today because yeah. this weekend South Alabama hosts to Georgia State uh you know obviously not a power five uh they had an analytics guy younger fella and I, I talked to him outside the dugout and i i was just looking for rudimentary stuff give me a scout on the pitcher what's he got? what's his stuff mm-hmm. what's his and man he went in depth on some stuff and i was like you get this is this is crazy and yeah. he said yeah i run this program and this stuff and i provide blah, and i'm like okay <laughs> and uh, i tried to take every note i could yeah but but, but now I'm a believer and I understand and grasp the concept of the analytics side on baseball and what opportunities human resources wise lies ahead.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's again, there's the, the it's, it's, a growing field and not only on the the, the coaching side, the, what I call the money ball side, but also on the, the, the business side of the organization. There are, uh, we placed a student recently with the Carolina Panthers. He's the, his job title is business intelligence coordinator. And so he's, using data to help the business decision makers make better revenue generation decisions. And then, and then there's a third area where analytics is impacting sports and that's really on the sports science side, all of the GPS tracking data, the heart rate data, the sleep and nutrition. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a lot of with that here at Sanford. In fact, we're going to be uh, very soon heading down to Alabama and talking with, with some of them as well. Uh, Andrews is, is involved in all that as well. So it's, you know, just a, uh, there's, there's a lot of different ways that we can you know, use analytics in sports to uh, you know, to help improve everything all the way around.
1: They're doing some incredible work at Sanford University, Brock School of Business, the Center for Sports Analytics. That's Executive Director Dr. Darren White and his student Samuel Leonard joining us here inside the Press Box. Catch our daily show weekdays on great stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at pressboxradio.com. You find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Pressbox Radio One. That's Pressbox Radio and the number one. And of course, we always would love to hear from you. Email us at PressboxRadio One at gmail.com. Again, PressboxRadio the number one at gmail.com. For Chris Stewart, for JD Byers, I'm Mike Gray saying thanks for joining us here on the Pressbox Podcast.